0: Yeah, because that wasn't creepy at all. The Sunday Skypers. What, know. what do we already have? What do, what do we need?
1: You got a cleric and a thief so
0: far. Well, with my, my assumption interval one, uh, I'm, I'm seeing possibly wizard in this, but... Uh...
2: Go f- yes, go for it, of course. You'll get to choose some cool spirits that you can you can summon. If you choose that. By the way, you could use the, the cantrips and such, obviously. Uh, but come on. <laughs> Who doesn't want to summon spirits?
0: I don't interest interested. Command and summon are different things. Yes. I can see that one coming. <laughs> uh,
2: but you do, you do start out with uh, knowing two spirits that you are on good terms with. So if you were to uh, attempt to summon a new one,
3: uh, that would be a problem. Maybe I got ten silver pieces left. What do I splurge it on? A guide, a, a follower, a,
2: an animal, a fancy item. I can get uh, five
3: torchbearers. There you go. Five porters. <laughs> I'm a cleric. They are literally there. These there are these kids carrying the carrying the candlestick and the candle. Walk along with me.
2: Uh, maybe a little too dark. Let's make them teenagers. They, they die in horror movies anyway, so...
3: Why the hell not? Five Torchbearers.
1: You're Acolytes.
3: <laughs> and, we're, and I'm from the Regency, so I should just I give them names. Okay, so we have Clance, Mortio, Sulk, Orset, and Brutless. All done here. Laudius the Wise. He's subjectively very wise. <laughs> I got three wisdom. Unwise. Yes, cleric to the regency god of Sharat, lord of omens. Not
2: necessarily terribly bright, though. So that's probably why he's. Now, nah.
3: okay, we're taking bets now, folks, in the audience, listening audience out there. How many of his five torch are going to be at, alive at the end, of the end of the session?
2: How many hit points do, do they have again? Like three.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see. And they're armed with, kni- armed with knives. Sounds pretty impressive. Could we change that to, uh, you know, cast iron candlesticks they can use as maces? I think they can easily
2: have the cast iron a candlesticks in addition. A, it seems like a religious paraphernalia. In a pinch, they might dual wield and die horribly. <laughs> now, obviously, when I sit here and juggle at that, what I mean is it's going to be funny. Uh, it's this is not a serious game. We're not going to weep over any of these characters. It's not like my horse.
3: Which which one, <laughs> Buford, Sir Guy's horse, Buford. Oh, I see. He's had many Bufords.
2: Is that the only game you've had a horse in? I seem to remember some other.
3: No, I did have the horse in that in the uh, one one sharp burning wheel. Don't you know what happened to it? I stole it. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, you stole it. <laughs>
2: Anywho, how how is everyone coming along? I'm done.
0: Yep, just scribbling some notes for myself and done to the limits of my understanding. Perfect.
2: Picture the classic Michael Whelan image of Elric holding aloft uh, Stormbringer in front of the, this green shifting cloudscape with a giant horned skull in the back. Now take elric away like dump elric uh and we just have this uh weird green scape um with this uh presumably fossilized or or carved skull uh in this waste and that's the the opening like shot that we get and then we get like a fist a filmic fist smash uh sound and uh we get like uh really cheap and cheesy uh you know font uh, saying quest for the murder sword to a background of like blood uh, like splat and then we uh zoom in on a part of this like greenish shifting uh landscape and uh there's this uh procession <laughs> of people moving toward this um this skull and that procession is you guys we have a, our cleric. Why don't you tell me a little bit, a little bit about uh, your uh, faith and uh, your attire and basic, basic, simple, salient stuff.
3: The god Sherat is the lord of omens. We are, we are a bit like prophets. We also seek out things that are worthy, uh, worthy of omens. So I'm probably hanging down a, uh, an, uh, an omen about this murder sword. Fantastic. I got no armor, so I'm probably in the robes. They were pure white, but we've been walking a while, so they're kinda of dingy on the edges. But yeah, white robes with you know purple with purple sashes sashes. The torch bearers, you know, Clans Mortio, Silk, or Sit and Brutless are wearing white robes with red sashes. And they're carrying the, the of course the holy the holy torches, the holy candles, lighting the way and when where it all is dark.
2: Besides uh uh Laudius and his and his acolytes are were- helpers. We have two others. Let's start with... Um, let's go with uh, Craig, uh, or whoever you are, whoever you're playing.
0: All right. We we have wandering along behind the, the 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 cleric and his acolytes. We have the wizard, Eryx. And I am now really regretting picking a name off the list that has three vowels in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eryx, Ioannis. My apologies to anybody who actually knows how to pronounce that. He looks like a wizard. He's got all the wizardy stuff going on, the robes, the stupid pointed hat, and a look on his face of well-meaning earnestness with this tinge of being completely out of his depth.
2: (laughs) Uh, Would you describe uh, Eric's as as, uh, uh, a newly hatched wizard or... uh...
0: I think so. Yes, I think um, Eric's is is newly out of whatever wizard academy he's uh, from. Maybe should have hung around for the advanced courses. <laughs> Having learned a few magical abilities, he's decided that he's going to go out there and and prove his worth and demonstrate just how mighty a wizard he can be fantastic
1: and um
2: i see that you've learned some cantrips uh those are always cool and we're going to we're going to work a little like creatively uh with them we're not going to sit down and and um uh work at particular parameters so much as um uh use them as a springboard for like fun fun stuff excellent and uh you also have summon so you have two spirits from the beginning uh so we should probably get to know a little about those spirits
0: actually as a question are we talking spirits of the dead or just general purpose spirits?
2: Uh, you tell me. The the basics of a spirit is that it has a name, it has an appearance, and it has two domains of power. And those can be, as the PDF suggests, it could be flame, it could be shadow, stone, lightning, secrets, fear, whatever. Now, it could be a spirit of the dead, it could be a water spirit, it could be a spirit of trash, Whatever you think is fun or cool. <laughs> former headmaster at the Wizard Academy, whatever whatever is uh, hilarious to you.
0: I mean, that one's actually pretty hilarious. Let's go with uh, former gym teacher <laughs> um, at the Academy.
2: I'm picturing somebody who really abused the whistle in class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically just
0: every gym teacher ever. <laughs> And it's possibly the reason why Eryx has done this stupid thing, because he's got somebody shouting at him consistently that, um, you know, this is the thing to do. This is, this is what wizards to do. <laughs> yeah, if you ain't bleeding, you ain't hurt. You get the idea.
2: <laughs> what would you say, uh, <laughs> this is spirits. You'll, you'll have to think of a name for this guy or choose one from a list or something. And think of an appearance. How, how does the spirit appear in the world when you summon him forward? uh and uh two domains of power um and uh, like they can be physical domains like like flame uh, or stone they can be uh more intangible domains like secrets or fear (laughs) like sounds like a motivational
0: (laughs) yeah i think fear yeah causes fear causes motivation
2: (laughs) motivation by fear yes okay indeed but you, you imagine like this this the spirit could scare the bejeebers out of somebody if he just showed up and blew blew his magic whistle uh and screamed at them.
0: Yes that that is that is what Professor Hastings, the frankly suspiciously buff wizard. <laughs> um it's possible that, that Professor Hastings is, as it were, kind of editing things a little bit in the afterlife. But, uh we got that one. One other if you want
2: uh we can leave it with Mr Hastings or Professor Hastings rather my my apologies professor and uh if you want to pull a rabbit out of a hat you know in the middle of a of play and surprise everybody uh you're free to do that uh, or if you if if you want a moment to think about a second uh, spirit
0: yeah i might take a moment to think about a second spirit and, and uh yeah
2: uh so as, as described there are 3 ways in which you can summon spirits one is an one hour of uninterrupted ritual uh the second is a dose of quicksilver a mild poison and addictive drug um which you may have to buy in order to um use i don't know if you have
0: Uh, i have
2: okay cool so so you think that is the main fashion in which you summon forth
0: probably yes it's a very expensive addictive drug. So yes,
2: a third option is, of course, a magic item containing a bound spirit. So uh, if if you would have like uh, Professor Hastings' whistle or his skull or something that could. Ooh, mm. I
0: mean, His whistle seems like a good a good one. That would be presumably something I'd have to I'd have to buy, or is that just a thing?
2: Oh no, no, no. no. You I mean you start knowing two spirits, so I'm not going to be like it's totally cool if you have one that's bound into an item.
0: Awesome. I will get with that because that's funny.
2: That's a good summon, like you blow the whistle. (laughs) You can tell me what happens. Maybe there's not a whistle sound, but there's something else happens, right?
0: I I suspect what happens is he immediately grabs the whistle and yells at you for blowing his whistle.
2: (laughs) Did you steal the whistle before you left the academy or...
0: Almost certainly. (laughs) All
2: right. Somewhere in this mix of mad people, there is also a thief. Uh, let's let's uh, say hello to the
1: thief. Uh, introduce yourself, there, Dirk. Edmer. He's going to be the the stereotypical looking thief in the the leathers and the the cloak, and he'll be attempting to flit from shadowy concealment point to shadowy concealment point as the others are just walking along. <laughs> I'm thinking of a particular painting. I think it was written for like
2: thieves. City or something, BRP supplement, but like all these weird thieves in leathers and in bolt, bolted leathers and like belt buckles everywhere. I think somebody somebody had like a pentagram tattoo in their forehead or something, some stupid thing like that. But yeah, that's the general vibe I'm getting.
1: He's got uh, his his paired daggers, so he's...
2: of course, yeah, stabby stab, fantastic. Is Edmure like a, a very uh, private person or? Is is he an um, is he somebody who vouchsafes things about himself when he strikes up a I don't know quote unquote pact or friendship with other people or like I guess what I'm asking is what what's his general relationship with these other two people uh, seven people
1: well I guess we've formed some sort of uh, adventuring group here I guess to go to this skull place <laughs> did they
2: require a burglar
1: sure or I required other people in case you know like he's got the the acolytes I think the trap is disarmed let's send an acolyte (laughs) that's a pretty cool idea
2: because I I can totally imagine poor um, Eric's walking into a bar and then like there's you there saying like uh, looking I'm looking for experts on like the occult and (laughs) magical world yeah oh yay an adventure (laughs) (laughs) anybody anybody I'll take literally anybody. Cool. So uh, we we have a, a a loose
3: brotherhood, quote unquote, of a patsy and and uh, yeah, two patsies and and one wise person, the thief. All right. So uh, you have journeyed long and far
2: uh, to get to this uh, accursed place uh, with the green, uh, clouded skies and the unceasing rolling wastes. Um, and uh, I seem to have misremembered the exact quality of the or elements of the painting. So. What you see uh, coming up out of a uh, this uh, dune, for lack of a better term, uh, it's really just like it's, it's a sand and more like gravelly, uh, rocky, tufty horror. And it's, uh, it's like a... Um, it looks like a giant skull, a giant head uh, half buried and uh, it has horns protruding from the forehead and it looks like it's gone through I don't know uh shaling by the elements the wind the the sand uh the grits um have kind of peeled off the skin and there's just like almost like a moist tissue uh with veins running all over it but uh the sockets are empty the mouth is a big gaping maw the nose is gone all that stuff according to some source probably dug up by somebody with book learning this is the uh resting place of the famous kill giant uh car crash and uh he it was he you understand who wielded the famous murder sword or infamous i should rather say how
1: big is this this sword
2: uh well it is a magical sword so it can really just be any size you want Ah, Um, it's 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 very handy that way so i don't have to keep all five act lights alive to carry it back (laughs) you shouldn't but you never know right Somebody, somebody may have maybe tampering, may have tampered with it, or uh, maybe more more uh, attuned to its power than you. You never know. Anyway, you you've uh, learned that this is the most foul artifact, and you'll either have to you know cart it off and sell it, or neutralize it, or whatever. You know, you you all may have individual reasons for getting at it, but you know it should it's supposed to be here somewhere. Um, and rumor has it that uh, it's supposed to be in the ground, buried with uh, the kill giant
3: very ominous brother brother brutless go forth and look in the mouth
2: <laughs> so uh i picture brutless having this like tonsure he you know he looks like one of the nerdier of your torchbearers there acolytes sorry if he chews his lip a bit exposing his profound uh and, and noticeable buck teeth then kind of goes um alone what, what's your title what um uh, Mr. Cleric, like what would they call you?
3: Laudius the Wise. Oh, wise one. But you don't have to go in. Just look in the mouth.
2: It's a, it's a terribly frightening looking mouth. Uh you know, he he, he pierces at it, and you can you can see the uh, distinctive, uh, you know, canines,
3: right? Hand on his shoulder and look him in the eye. Remember, you made your vows. You must you must go through with this. I'm going to try charm him.
2: <laughs> okay, fine. Let's let's have a roll. Let's see how you do. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) So, okay, it's 11, so not a 12. Okay, I think he, you know, his shoulders slump and he looks over to the others. It looks like he's like thinking, you know, why does he always pick on me? Uh, And then he ambles over to the mouth.
1: Meanwhile, what uh, are the rest of you doing? Um, Let's start with um, with our thief. Kind of scout the terrain around to see if. Is it just the head sticking up out of the ground and everything else is normal, or is there... Uh,
2: Normal for here, uh, sure. Yeah, and nothing else seems to be... uh, Like, there are no knuckles or or hands or feet or anything like that. The giant is buried here, and he was buried, you know, (laughs) up to his mouth. Uh, You do notice just peering about without any kind of real effort. Uh, There there are a bunch of, like, sickly-looking vultures that are circling above the skull. Uh and maybe there's one like perched on top of the giant uh dome,
1: just peering at you evilly. I'm sure they get a lot of meals this way. I'll just wait to see what happens to uh the acolyte. <laughs> Alright.
2: What uh what's um what's our wizard up to?
0: A wizard against what should be his bitter judgment, but um with that wisdom he doesn't have any, is <laughs> following at a safe-ish distance he hopes, the the acolyte. This feels like magical sort of stuff. This probably possibly needs the, the, the eye of a, a, a trained adventuring wizard. Oh,
2: yeah, this is totally not normal.
0: <laughs> Indeed. From, you know, from maybe 10 paces or so behind the acolyte, because you know, the eye of the adventuring wizard seems better from rank.
2: <laughs> I think maybe, just maybe, uh, uh poor uh, draw draws some, some sort of semi- Confidence from knowing there's more than just one person approaching this uh, forbidding maw. So he uh, he approaches. He uh, sticks his torch in, looks around a bit tentatively, uh, looks back, and he calls, uh, "I,
3: there's a hole in here. Yeah, I think
2: it's a stair."
3: Oh, oh, I mean, besides the mouth, there's a hole. Ah, yes. Well, hmm, where's our procurement specialist? Ah, Edmir. Edmir, could you give assistance to uh, Brother Britless and see what's inside the gaping maw?
1: I'm sure. He steps up and goes, After you, young man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> His eyes go from, from side to side. And he's not, this isn't something he's going to fight you over. Uh, but he does say, uh, Well, be, being a lowly acolyte, I don't have the c- capacity or. or, or Profound lore of 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 men such as uh, such as
1: Eric's. Perhaps Eric's should go first. This is a great learning opportunity for you, young man. As I give him a little shove.
0: Yes, yes, it is. The the quest for knowledge is all encompassing in the wizarding life. Yes,
3: it's your first step to becoming a a high high level priestess, myself in the church.
2: <laughs> so he throws up his hands he's very well and he t- he takes some very very uh, uh careful steps inside and and the soil uh around the skull is noticeably moist like it's being soaked by whatever eternally oozing blood uh from from this kill giant's body so when when Poor Bertha steps inside. There's this kind of squishy sound. Squelching, rather. But he steps inside, and and he looks into the hole. And he looks back and eh, gives a nervous smile. And then he starts going down, presumably the stairwell. And you can see the the glow of his torch. Um, Sorry, his candle.
3: As he descends.
2: Yeah, descend and dim. And then he calls out. You can hear,
0: there are giant ribs down here. Makes sense. So, not just
2: the head then? Okay. C- crawling with all of these runes and carvings. It, it looks most unholy.
1: Seems like you need some uh, learned uh, person senses yourself there.
3: You hear a deep sigh because I have Decipher. And then you hear, oh, ah!
2: And then, you know, you hear some clattering and some, some sound of a body rolling down stairs, uh, and the glow goes out. What do you guys do?
3: I sigh. Runes. That's my area expertise. Come, lads. And I start walking forward. I'll stop at the belt and look at the other two. Well, I lead from behind. Oh, that, that's Ruby. Right behind you,
0: O oh, oh, wise one.
3: I lean forward and put my face into his face and say, no. I hired you to go and go first. Go
0: first. Very well. Climbing gingerly over the scorchy soil. <laughs> Actually, I've got the, the whole candle cantrip, so I'm assuming that's just okay. And now I have a lit candle. Sure.
2: Like in your estimation, like um, is it a candle? Is it like a floating ball of something glowy? Is it? Uh, how how does it manifest when you when you uh, cast the cantrip?
0: I, I like the idea of it. Through. It's it's a float, It's your standard wax candle that is floating. It just kind of hovers there. No no obvious means of support. Awesome. And I suppose, I suppose the first question that really needs to be asked is, did the acolyte know the difference between stairs and a throat? Oh, vertebrae, you mean, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking, could, could he actually tell the difference, or was he just tripping merrily down the the skeletal remains and just assuming somebody built it that way?
2: What you see if you take a step in and, and expose the inside and the, and the hole he mentioned, to the light of your candle, you see that there are uh, actual stairs, fl- a flight of stairs going down into the dark. Uh, it seems to have been cut and molded from from this uh, rocky soil. Uh, so it's a little uneven and it too is moist. A little further down, you see these giant, the odd giant rib uh, just traversing the the, you know, crossing the the stair corridor or whatever you want to call it, becrawled crawled with these uh, arcane symbols and squiggles and, and uh, other strange pictures that make your skin crawl.
0: Uh, Your your wiseness. We we seem to have a large amount of uh, probably unholy writing up here. Well, down here. Also somebody built some stairs inside a corpse, which feels a bit weird. Do you see uh, brother Brutalus?
2: You maybe see his candlestick uh, that's gone out, some flights down.
0: Just, just his candlestick. He he may have uh, ventured further into the remains. Is that what we're calling it? Remains.
3: <laughs> it's a relic of some sort. This is one large relic.
0: Well, it, it I suspect requires the the cleansing and, uh, and and holy touch of a a man of faith. Yes, it probably does. Do you see Brutless I, I do not. Just his candlestick. I don't know if he's supposed to have dropped it, but that's what's happened. These
2: runes, uh, Erics, they, they hold certain... like They do make your skin crawl and make you uncomfortable, but they also hold this strange allure, like they want you to read them. They want you to decipher them.
0: How do you feel about that? Deeply creeped out. I am, however, wondering whether um, Erics is smart enough to turn around. <laughs> I suspect he's smart enough to to turn around and wait wait for the holy man to get there. Whether he's able to or not, I guess, is a question for the GM.
3: Are you willing to go down? (sighs) There's holy symbols, and one of my acolytes is down there someplace. I do have responsibility for them, so... Hiking up my skirt and stepping over the teeth. Sulk, or sit in front of me. Glance, Morito, behind me. And we shall descend into the gullet. Um, Wizard, would you know anything in your vest, in your teachings, have taught anything about the various runes and so forth? Says the player trying to mid- mid-game, you asking him, the other person, to make a lore roll?
0: <laughs> Sadly, the inner workings of very giants was not a course that they offered at the academy. But the runes, they could be magic runes. They could be magic runes. They, they have kind of an unholy vibe to you. I, I thought they might be more your department than mine. <laughs> I'd rather not read them. See, I need the player attempting to effortlessly parry the... Um...
3: <laughs> I, need to, I need to make a cons- consultation. I pull out my holly water, take a sip, and do a vision.
2: Oh, cool. So let's, let's uh, have a look at your move there. So, drink holy water to commune with your deity for divine guidance. So, uh, when you drink holy water to commune with your deity, how does that work? How do you commune? What does this look like? What do you experience?
3: I, I'll need to be in a sitting position. You know, I don't stand up for this. because I gesture, and, and uh, Moriato pulls out a pillow and puts it on the stairs so I don't wet my bottom. Uh, I sit down. I hands out in the old lotus position. heck <laughs> fluff the holy pillow. And we all join together in a chant. Sharat, show us the omens here. Show us, guide us in this unholy realm. How, how does Sharat normally convey guidance to you? Omens. The cock crows twice, you know, three times at dawn, you know. Sparrows fly the wrong way in the morning. You know, things, omens. All uh, right, so he's, he's a douchebag, basically. Like he's a... Yeah, you gotta decipher everything, yeah. Yeah, okay one of one of those gods luckily i have decipher as a skill so yes what is the topic of this
2: communion what is it you you uh, wish to, to be guided uh what you want guidance about right are these ruins cursed <laughs> are you sure you sure you want to waste your guidance on that question <laughs> we've lost I, i'll red. give
3: you this for free you're fairly these ruins are very cursed It's an educated guess. So more likely a long line of safe passage to where where the sword is then.
2: Ah, okay. How do we reach the sword safely? Something like that. Okay, what you see, if these things are conveyed by visions, I assume they are. Is this, by the way, a vision shared by your acolytes, or or, uh, is this you alone?
3: Me alone. They're just there for harmony. So
2: you see a vision of... Edmer uh, holding his knives, and the knives begin to rust rapidly and turn into just red dust, and they they fall from his hands and vanish. All the knives and and, uh, candlesticks, wrought iron candlesticks that your acolytes have, you see them holding them and how they rust and fall apart and, and vanish on the wind, and the vision ends. Hmm... You, you were the ones who gave me these parameters, so you have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> he speaks in Obans, you know, and it's very difficult to discern.
1: <laughs> I love that. One of those uh, dumbass riddles that's always, the, it's always time, right? The answer's always time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> in time, you will find the sword. <laughs> wow, that's, re- that's really a meanie god. <laughs>
3: I look it over at one of the candles when the athletes are holding. Does it even show any sign of rust? Nope.
2: Well, other from the, the occasional speck, maybe, right? But it's not like it started rusting now.
3: I'll convey the vision to the others because, you know, this requires some brain work to figure out. I'm curious. How Have you spoken about your visions to these others? Poor
2: souls before? How do you broach the subject of seeing things? And how common? How common is this sort of thing in in your in your estimation of the world? It's the Church of Omens. Do people believe in the omen, speaking of the Church of Omens?
3: Oh yeah, they also come with their own omens and ask for and ask for interpretation what they mean. So yeah.
2: Ah, okay, okay, okay. You're omen consultants.
3: Yeah, when it, if someone brings in brings in an egg that has an egg inside of it, that's an omen.
1: <laughs> While he's sitting around sipping whatever. His holy concoction there. I want to investigate the like the ground around and see if I can spot where the uh, acolyte stepped and where he may have gone to. Sure. Yeah, let's call it a wisdom. That's a census, right? In the, in the sense
2: of like D&D. Make a wisdom roll. A nine. A nine. You see something odd like... um. There are uh, like uh, kind of traces of. It looks like somebody like slipped. Like you can see that much because the the dirt is scuffed uh, and there's a, like a there are lines in the in the soaked um, soil uh, and and on the rock. What I'm looking for is is probably like marks, skid marks type, not skid marks, but you know what I mean. Uh, drag, draggish marks, as if someone who slipped and then rolled a couple of flights uh, and then. There's no more. There's, there's nothing else. Like, uh, he vanished.
1: Thin air.
3: Swaddled alive. Buried
0: alive.
1: Area where he disappeared. It's like the continuing stairs are continuing down. Oh, yeah. And you get the sense that there's a kind of a soft
2: uh, reddish, not glow, but there's a kind of a natural illumination. Unnatural, perhaps, illumination. Down, down further down. And that the stairs open up into a larger chamber. I think that maybe this is when when uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Cleric um, comes to and, and shares his prophetic vision, his omens.
3: And this is where, because my cleric's probably wiser than I am. You know, can I make just make a wisdom roll to interpret it? Because <laughs> I'm not getting it. Hmm. All right. I do have decipher, which is pro- I, I know it deciphers for reading ruins and stuff like that. But you know, what? In, in this line of business, we still got to decipher those omens too. So yeah, sure. So it means I'm, I'm going. I'm going to do it. It's just it always will. It'll just be a. I'll have a cost. Never mind. Crit success. You are fairly sure
2: that the vision, the omen, is that you should not trust weapons of steel or iron. Ah. Do not place your trust in weapons of steel and iron. They will fail. They will. They will betray you.
3: Okay. I pick up. Look at my mace with its bronze head. Okay. Yeah
2: critical success you may, let's say you've had similar type of omens in the past and maybe shirat is a bit of a mischief maker and doesn't like telling the whole truth so maybe more than just you know steel or iron uh it may be just it may be metal uh in fact don't trust metal
3: <laughs> pick up my you know, Mace and I point to the candlesticks and knives at the at the hips of my uh, acolytes. These will these will turn on you. They will fail you. I believe you're going to have to. We must use our wits to defeat what's down here. S-
2: who's who's the most like? Um, no, who's who's the newest uh, acolyte recruit among your...
3: He's down the stairs someplace. Second newest would be Sulk. Sulk. Okay. Uh, man, woman. We don't. We, you know, I don't know. Flip a coin. <laughs> you don't pay attention, or <laughs> no, no, they're all acolytes. Hard to tell
0: with the robes.
3: <laughs> she's a recent
2: recruit. So Sulk, um, I think she too has a an ill, <laughs> an ill-cut tonsure. It looks very odd, but she's rocking it. She's determined to be exactly like everybody else, and she says, "Go into the deeps without our weapons." Surely that's. Most unwise.
3: It is as Sherratt ordains. Are you saying sharat is not wise? I'm. I'm not questioning the God per se.
2: I'm. I'm questioning whether or not this perhaps is a test of whether or not we are wise and worthy. And you know, she's going reaching for like anything to not disarm. That sounds like crazy, uh, crazy talk to her. The other acolytes are looking at. You and her, like, hmm, yeah,
3: uh... Well, we could venture back up and look for something made of wood, trenches of some sort, but we really d- don't have the time. The Omens, have said, we only have a certain par- window to operate within, and there's a desert out there. Not much in the way of trenchin material. What are we going to defend ourselves with? What, rocks? I just lean forward and look at her and say, are you saying that you the spirit and the will of charlotte is not the greatest weapon you could have
2: <laughs> oh i think that's uh, that's some kind of leverage charisma roll yeah yeah yep made it uh with a normal she bites her you know she she sets her jaw and demonstrably takes out her uh dagger and and drops it and looks toward all the others like i'm not a am uh, not a you know not believer yes. material yeah i'm not an unbeliever i'm i totally believe everything i, to- I totally believe in the miracles of of the omens of, of sarat shirat whatever
3: I- i'll reach down pick it up and put a hand it back to it. Leave in your sheath that's that's temple property we don't want to lose that uh, uh, okay just not use it not use it I mean, I point to the handle. It's made of wood. I mean, you could at least use it like f- making a fist.
2: <laughs> she suddenly,
3: like, do you, you get this
2: vibe of suddenly, like, oh, she to- totally underestimated what you meant, right? So you're not saying they shouldn't use their weapons. You're just saying you shouldn't use the metal parts of their weapons.
3: <laughs> so now she's like, oh, oh okay, okay, mm, yeah, all right, all right, I'm on board. I, I turn and I'm gonna do me some reading. I'm going to try to decipher these runes.
2: Okay, so you have your your little uh, religious conflict there, interpretation stuff, rooting out possible heresy. <laughs> while that go, that's going on, what's Eric's doing? Is he just standing around watching this whole? Is he drawn deeper down or what?
0: I, I think while this is going on, sort of in in the background of the shot where the arguments are uh, going, you've got Eric's kind of hitting his sword, putting it back in the sheath. Fiercing around in the, the 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 bag, just hauling out the collapsible pole and kind of, <laughs> kind of at, attaching it together and sort of trying a few. Okay, so the, we 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 stab. Okay, this kind of works like a staff. All right, just basically occurring in the background background of the shot, as it were. <laughs> sort of. A, <laughs> yes, I, I've got my staff. I totally look like a wizard now.
2: I have my collapsible staff.
0: <laughs> I have my collapsible staff <laughs> for, for, for just this occasion. It's possibly sort of at, at the top of the flight of stairs that the the, the poor newest acolytes like, disappeared down, kind of peering down and wondering. So, what do we do next?
2: All right, and good, good old
1: uh, Edmer. Ah, I see some light down there. I think that may be where the young fellow disappeared to.
0: Should we go and look for him, or is that really more the department of the the, the more religiously inclined? Back there.
3: If there is a treasure here, it's down there, but it may be guarded. And I'm putting my, pointing my fingers at the runes. He may have, he may, he may have slipped or ran followed follow these runes. So I need to read them. Put my glasses. Are they reading glasses? <laughs> yeah.
2: Way down on the tip of your nose. Yeah, okay. So give me a uh, decipher
3: uh, intelligence uh, roll. But it's a skill, so I'm going to read them, but it may not be a good read. Oh, I, what's, what's going on here? I'm succeeding every roll. <laughs> you peer at the runes and
2: um, you recognize the um, familiar squiggly language of the dark arts, right? Um, and, and dark gods. They are uh, seductive. They call to you, but of course you know the the glory of Sherat, so you are not particularly moved. But it would be dishonest to say that they are not trying to seduce you. But uh, more importantly, more importantly, these are runes uh, and squiggles associated with the dark rituals of Magic uh, to affect uh, various uh, magical transiencies such as uh, killing or um, disintegrating or indeed seducing or uh, maybe even transporting someone or something from one place to another, depending on how they are activated.
3: Does uh, Edmir tell us that the, you know, the, the trail goes cold after a bit?
1: Yeah, the so trail ends here. I'm guessing he's farther down. Or he's
3: somewhere else. He may have in inadvertently activated these runes of teleportation.
2: Or, or disintegration. Or disintegration, I need to add.
3: <laughs> Wizard, we need your ability. These are magic runes. They're dark, yes, but they're magic. Can you, when I
0: wiggle my hands, counterspell them somehow? I'm sure I can come up with something. He says, with great confidence and little
3: knowledge. <laughs> Wait a second. You rolled a, a six for your intelligence. Great. Yeah, but I'm
0: really likable. I, I am super-duper likable.
2: You can charm your way through every
0: class. <laughs> oh, God. This explains so much about it. <laughs> and I must reluctantly make a law roll.
2: <laughs> what do you do, and what is your intent?
0: My intent... Is to figure out where now. Just correct me if I'm wrong. We're currently standing where the where the acolyte fell from, or where the acolyte vanished from.
2: But probably around where he fell.
0: In that case, I want to figure out why he fell. Something. Something. Yeah. Did he fall or was he pushed?
2: Uh, you find it uh, very difficult to imagine that he uh, would have clumsily just slipped. Uh, the footing is a little uneasy, but he had he had illumination.
1: Uh, and he wasn't completely incapable of walking downstairs. I can point to there's like drag marks here. Yeah. Ah. It's, you find it much more likely that maybe he shoved.
0: All right. So I think at this point it's that law roll. Figure out what on earth he triggered, so that we know what to look out for next time. Okay. And also to try and figure out if it's still there. That would
2: be an eight. All right, and what the skill does, it it only ensures that you uh, you get a partial success, even though even if you roll a six or less, right? Um, it ensures that you you never actually completely don't succeed. It, it's a little unclear, I think, because of the seductive and siren-like qualities of these squiggles. It's a little difficult to concentrate, but you think. You think perhaps he may have uh, uh, touched something or he may have triggered something by walking past it. And uh, somebody appeared, shoved him, and potentially somebody else appeared and grabbed him and then vanished.
0: I, I will relay this to the to the group, possibly in a tone of kind of numb horror.
2: This may be a kind of like teleporting defenders uh, array. <laughs>
3: So was it just looking at them or was it just walking past them? Yeah, he doesn't know. Can't tell. How far did Edmir go? How far did Edmir go? Did you actually go down a little bit down the throat? Down the stairs? Or are you still up here with us?
1: I followed the you know I looked at the drag track, so I'm somewhere around where he got grabbed and disappeared.
0: It would appear that curiousness will be our downfall.
3: <laughs> you should never have come here.
0: <laughs> I may be a little
3: <laughs> I look over at Mortillo. Brother, Avert thine eyes. Look at the floor. Do not look at the runes. Walk down the stairs. What, what am I supposed to look at? Your feet. Watch your step. Okay. Do not look at the runes. So
2: he does as you instruct, and he just kind of tromps down the stairs till he reaches... Uh, Edmer and negotiates p- past Edmer, and then he kind of calls back eh, not loudly but he's sort of this far enough
3: and has he gone past where um, where uh, It's th- where he vanished yeah well advert, th- a- advert thine eyes and will look down at my feet and start working and in gesture we all head down the stairs don't look at the runes
2: Weird religious procession of like, having a, a complex theological discussion about uh, omens and then behaving strangely downstairs. Wonderful.
0: Followed by a wizard who's thinking, wow, I'm really good cool at this.
2: <laughs> you all shuffle down the stairs all the way down to the hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The uh, hall... Lack of a better term is a large kind of cavernous chamber. Uh, you can see see the inside of a partly flesh and vein festooned uh, breastbone, uh, and these ribs forming like reinforcements for for the walls. You're you seem to be inside of the rib cage, and uh, from the kind of conjoined uh, tissue and soil and rock. There are uh, t- two doors have been, been, you know, two portals have been carved with doors in them. Two, uh, one side is a solid iron door and it is stained uh, with, well, what you assume to be blood. It's kind of dim down here. It has a low kind of natural illumination coming from the various veins uh, that seem still seem to be kind of lazily pumping something uh the, the blood presumably uh and the other door you think is maybe a wood but it's very dark and it it kind of in the glow of of uh of eric's uh candle you perceive the glitter of like just the surface of this wood door it's it's completely and utterly soaked with presumably blood soft red and moist probably all kinds of sticky and yeah you get the sense that that um well, obviously, you get the sense that the kill giant is very much not dead um, or is very much being kept alive by something. And you also get a sense that something is watching you.
0: Is there any chance that your omens were trying to say the sword rusted away years ago and you're wasting your time?
2: He's he's fairly sure that's not, that's <laughs> not it. <laughs> Does he got a crit. But it's a good, good point to ask, right? Why not?
0: Just, just throw it out there, just in case. It, it would be a shame to get all this way and just find, like, a handle. But, but if you're sure, brilliant. okay. I
3: mean, the, the stories of the of of the murder sword are such that it's it's an artifact. You could use the greatest spells and render this entire land to uh, a puddle of glowing glass, and there in the middle will be the sword. They do not make them like they used to. Well, Edmir, in your in your in your wisdom, which which is the better door
1: to investigate first? Well, they've been discussing this. I've been investigating the two doors.
2: Uh, which which one did you uh, do uh, investigate first? And d- describe investigate: poking, prodding,
1: opening, listening. First, I poke and you know observe around it, and then do a little poking and prodding and checking if there's any.
2: I'm I'm sorry. Which which of the doors? The uh, wooden wooden one. Okay. Yeah, it is. It has been completely soaked through. The wood is completely soaked through. You would you would argue probably it would probably be rotten if it were a normal door. It is certainly soft. Uh, it's red. It's moist. It's sticky. It's bloody. It smells like blood. Uh, you may be hear maybe hear like a low odd humming not a chanting per se but it's like this ominous uh almost like a uh sub vocalization or something that's just like almost like a, a very very low overtone singing that's kind of coming from from beyond okay it has a very nice looking shiny handle that's only slightly bloody lock uh no. it does not appear to have a lock
1: and then I'll
2: investigate the metal one as well. This is simply a, a stout metal door. It has... I think it has a lock, but you... Your, your trained thief eyes... <laughs> your thief eyes do not perceive that it is locked, okay? Your thief senses. It, it appears to simply be a, a stout steel door. Well, iron. Iron.
1: And did you say it was blood
2: stained? Yes, like... Uh, blood spattered, uh, uh, like maybe blood around the handle uh, latch or whatever.
1: No sounds of singing from this one?
2: Uh, no, no. This this side appears to be kind of quiet,
1: ominously quiet. Okay, well, gentlemen, you want to go towards singing or towards quiet?
2: Singing would be a very generous way of describing it, but I know what you mean. Uh, just, just so everybody's clear, it's more like a low throaty rumble that is hardly uh, hardly noticeable unless you really
0: listen maybe in the direction where the people aren't yes that
3: sounds like a wise course of action i'll I'll nod at edmir lead on
1: i would suggest your torchbearer acolytes would be better to light the way
3: ah but you're the one who's who's proficient deceit and subterfuge
2: so, um, which one was the last one you said, uh, not Sulk, the other one, uh, the one you sent down the stairs.
3: Uh, oh, Mortio. Mortio.
2: Uh, so he points to the door, asks, uh, asks Edmure, like, is it safe?
1: As safe as anything else around here. That's reassuring.
3: Well, Mortillo, give it a try. Well, me. You seem to have volunteered. But I, I have seniority over Sulk. Shouldn't she open it? You are you are the senior. You should go first. But surely this sort of grunt work is for the juniors. You lead by example.
2: <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I might have your role. Well, actually I am. Go for it. All right,
3: I, I, we're having contention, yes, in the ranks. Yes. No, again, I I don't fail. <laughs> you you are indeed most wise. <laughs> I think Salk
2: says that like oh, you are indeed most wise this is this is a good example you know leading by example and the other acolytes like nod and then Mortio's like oh, god damn it and he does the whole like um, evil dead <laughs> slowly reach for the latch and then <sharp inhale> jump at it and then he jerks the door open luckily there are no horrid surprises on the other side uh, he uh, peers into the semi dimness and lets out a, a sigh of relief Ugh. It's just some sort of room uh, and and a latch down Illuminate it for us. So, yeah, he steps in with his candle. Uh, he walks around a little and then uh, he startles and he looks around. And it's like, ah, it is not just a room. It's full of cells. And there's a huge bone here poking through the wall. Oh, there are pe- <gasps> there are people here. And then he's like, like he's trying to hold in his lunch. What do you do,
3: Brutless. Look at my mace and sir, sort of go. Come, Britless may be here, and I just strides forward into the into the into the room. You see a a more cramped carven cabin room.
2: Um, there are all of these uh, cages, bell shaped cages, uh, iron cages, uh, lined around the walls. Uh, in the center of the room, there's a pit that seems to be it it seems to have some sort of handholds could climb down if you wanted to or up two of the the cages have people in them and um one appears to have well kind of dried up oddly there's this like moisture underneath the body in the in the cage and the body is like a prune all the moisture kind of bled out of it into the into the so, uh, floor right and i say it because it's impossible to determine the gender of this person it's just like been squished and dried up are any
3: of these bruteless
2: uh, this person you do not think is brutalist the other person is not brutalist uh but uh, i think uh, that the person is a very filthy looking uh, young man looks extremely disheveled his eyes don't focus, and it's uh, kind of like blinking at the soft light of your candles. It looks drugged. He, I think he does something like he sticks his hands out through a, you know, kind of like a, in a prison where you stick your hands out to get them cuffed. And he seems to do something like that on on, auto, on autopilot um, instead of just, you know, retreating or something. Like, he, he is expecting you to be somebody else. Who are you? blinks up at the voice beyond the, the blinding glow and uh, you get
3: uh...
1: is, is the
3: uh, obviously it's locked oh yeah a
1: look of Edmir
3: can you do the lock?
1: Possibly. I don't know that we can take care of him at the moment and
3: I can at least heal any wounds he may have Put
0: him in the direction of the stairs and hope he figures it out.
1: If you
2: want to, if you want to work your clerically ma your clericky magic, you could totally, totally uh, clear his mind if, if that's your intent, and his wounds, obviously.
3: So let's get him out of that cage. Okay. We'll unlock the cage. All right. Do you
2: have Tinker? Yeah. All right. Cool. So uh, give me a Dex uh, Tinker roll. No problem. <laughs> what do you recognize about the manner in which? this person is locked in the cage. Like something about the lock, something... Yeah, I'll leave it up to you, but it's familiar to you. Where, where have you, where have you uh, come across this type of lock before? And tell me what kind of lock it is.
1: Yeah, they make these in the south, in the land of Garros. And I've encountered them enough that I obviously know my way around it. The nobles use um, this sort of cage on for their slave transportation and such.
2: I see. So, you know that, and you've stolen maybe from enough nobles of that land to know that there are many dilettante death cults, obviously, in that region. Some of them, there's a particular something about this lock, right, that uh, brings to mind a particular uh, cultist, uh, or noble, perhaps, that turned out to be a cultist. Let's call them... What was that? More M O R. What did you steal
1: from More? Death cultist, huh?
2: Probably something a while back.
1: <laughs> it was uh, a skull that had this bejeweled crown fixed to it. I got a lot for it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not enough for your extravagant lifestyle, apparently, since you're here doing this.
1: <laughs> you know, the money doesn't doesn't last uh, long. <laughs>
2: Okay, so uh, you have no problem picking the lock. Uh, all of these realizations are in your head at present. Um, it's up to you to share them, talk talk about them, whatever. But uh, no, you have no problem with the lock. Uh, so you, you, easily, you easily free
3: um, this individual from his bondage. Yeah, I send forth the uh, four acolytes to help him out of the cage and to... Lay him out on the floor, and then I walk forward, and holy symbol in hand, and you know, go through the process of curing him of what what ails him. What what is the holy symbol of Sherat? What's a good? You know, that's a good question. What is a, a the god of omens? What's an what what kind of holy symbol would the god of omens have? An owl, maybe. Maybe that's knowledge. It'd be a stylistic crow or a raven, a stylistic stylistic raven. Okay. You start intoning and so forth to draw out the f- foul madness that, that runs through his veins. and All right.
2: Give me a wisdom with heal uh, and uh, see what happens.
3: Yeah, critical, of course. <laughs> I cure what ails them. I'm sorry, Craig. We normally don't roll
0: this well. Uh, I'm going to admit my, my, sort of my dice animism is kicking in along the lines of, your rolls are going to turn to crap as soon as we need them to be good, aren't they? That's how it works. <laughs> You're using up all the
2: available math. While this is going on, the the person is pried from his bondage and laid out and ministered to by uh the, the very the very wise <laughs> and capable cleric. Are you still riding high on your previous success there, erics Uh are are you fascinated by the cages, by the the, the goings on? Well what's what's going on?
0: I think provided that it's not going to interfere with the the healing process that uh, our most wise friend is is going with, I'll be sitting beside our um, recently freed friend here, reassuring him that everything is going to be okay, that he's in good company, and attempting to get him to tell us what the hell is going on. All right. Basically, yeah, we're your friends. We're not like the bad people. We're here to help.
2: So, so that that would be what he comes to to when when the Druggedness clears from his eyes, and the the nu- innumerable scrapes and and bumps and bruises fade, and he, he returns to a, a not unnatural but an, an unexpected glow of health uh, and fortitude. He blinks in surprise and, and he looks around and he goes, "Where where wha- what? Um, who are you people?
0: We're here help. My name's Eric.
2: Uh, and he like rubs his eyes, like, I- am I, am I dreaming? What, what's going on? Are they all dead? Who are they? The, the, the men in the robes who, who took me here. Are they gone?
3: Are you, uh, are you rescuing everybody? Cockman, left. I can see the other door
0: going. No, we have not dealt with them yet. I, I think at this point, everybody, I am very sad to tell you, is probably you. Uh, oh, oh.
2: Looks over to like the cage with the the prune, and he gasps. They've already they've already gotten rid of him. And he was not an acceptable sacrifice. I, oh, oh, but okay. We, I am. I I would. I was to be the third. So. If, but if they're still at it, and he's sort of putting things together in his head, and you can see the cogs kind of sluggishly moving. then he says, you, you can't care care about me. You have to stop
3: them before they resurrect the kill giant. And I look over the Acolytes. Uh, they have Brutless. He may be the worthy sacrifice.
2: There were only three more to be made. If they get two more, well, we're all doomed.
1: So where are they making these sacrifices?
2: Uh, down in the sacrificial chamber, either down well you have to go through uh, the other door d- down down the pit. You can go down the pit but there there's a there's a viewing platform but it has bars on it. I suppose you can spy on them from it but but you have to stop them not not look at them.
3: Hmm. Bars set into bone? How secure is that? I'm looking over at Edmir. What no, the the walls. The walls. Yes, iron bars in the, in the walls. You are inside the giant. You know that. Well, what do you mean inside the what? I point to the large bone in the room. <laughs> well, I mean symbolically maybe, but I I mean semantics.
0: No, actually, I think we're in a lung. <laughs> so he's like, is this really important now? <laughs> You have to stop them. You you you're clearly capable.
3: Eric, do you have any any form of magic that you could use to oh, your torturer that you have with you?
0: I was wondering whether the late professor might be able to put the fear of exercise and healthy living into them. <laughs>
3: So we I can either go through the door or we can make our way down to the viewing platform and you can summon him on the other side.
0: I I do like this plan. It has various magical benefits, the the benefits of cold iron and also the benefits of not being in the same room as the people we're trying to attack.
3: We can still work at the bars and see if we can get inside, but yes, that that Ooh. any disruption to a to our religious to a religious uh procedure should be should disrupt it. So let us make haste. I gesture to, gesture to the pit and look at
0: Eric's. Ah. So I guess I'll be going first then. Right. Okay. Yes.
1: I'm getting out my rope.
0: <laughs> there are a
2: few handholds, but they are sleek with blood. So a rope may be the more secure path. Yes.
0: I can already tell this is Professor Hastings' work. Yes. <laughs> Only that man would cause somebody to have to climb down or up a rope in order to do something. He's got a stupid bell on the ceiling
3: this time. If you we cannot weaken the bars and get through them, you'll have to climb back up the rope.
0: I choose to believe that we will be successful and that there will be stairs. <laughs> you have inspired me, and I have faith. Yes, stop talking, go down the rope. Eric stops stalling, and goes down the rope.
2: <laughs> Who all goes down the rope?
3: Everybody? I'm going to leave my acolytes up here just in case someone comes by and they can beat them up. Uh, possibly. <laughs> okay. Take my, take my robes, tie them up, you know, get them all the way my legs and shinny on down the rope after Eric's. And,
2: uh, and our thief, you do, you do too?
1: Uh, I suppose I'll investigate whether we can, I can get through these bars somehow.
2: Going down the rope, uh, Eric's being first, you enter a, well, it's like a long corridor, if you will, uh, dim, blood-soaked, there's a big kind of, uh, you assume maybe a f- enormous femur uh, kind of diagonally crossing the floor, mostly buried. At the far end of the corridor, you see what appears to be like an iron uh, picture, like a gated balcony, like a cage that protrudes out from the, um, uh, like a balcony. Uh, it's like a, a covered balcony, right? But it's, it's all like iron bars, flat, flattened bars, whatever. Uh, iron bands, I guess, would either word. Um, and it looks upon, well, from what you can see in the distance, it looks upon a, a large chamber from which the oozing of blood-soaked chanting uh, emerges.
0: Ew. <laughs> All right, guys. Good news. I don't think we're in any of the intestines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. Giant biology was not exactly my strong point at in College.
1: <laughs> what was your strong point?
0: Um, I got on very well with my teachers. <laughs> Voted most likely to be liked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Would they use archaic language and, and write most like to be liked?
0: <laughs> I hope so. I hope it was dressed up in, in some very fancy language as opposed to He's a bit useless, but he means well. <laughs> Can talk the bouncers at the local taverns into not throwing us out. Worth hanging on to, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a rich tapestry of magical titles.
2: There is an unsung discipline of academic uh, study, yes. <laughs> so you're all down in the in the corridor with the giant bone um, lining the floor, terminating in the in the cage balcony
1: uh what do you guys do i'm seeing if there's a way that i can get through this cage if i can uh you know unscrew some bolts or all
2: right you you want to sneak up uh and and check out the yeah construction cool okay you're sneaking ahead the, the the rest of you the two the two remaining brave heroic individuals
3: i'm using the overlook to look out and is that brother britless down there on the altar
2: Okay, you're you're sneaking up behind and and checking things out. Uh, Is the wizard just
0: as brave? And I guess sneaking up uh, behind the priest. <laughs> if if I'm going to sick a dead gym teacher onto somebody, I probably need to know where they are.
2: <laughs> True. Okay, so uh, when you come into uh, well, what, when you come up on the threshold of the actual overlook cage balcony. What you see in the next room is a, well, it's a kind of a giant cavernous uh, hall. Uh, it has a long winding stair uh, that goes down to the bottom. And the an overlarge, well, the overlarge murder sword, the unholy murder sword, sits buried in the middle of the chamber like a demonic Excalibur. Uh, and arrayed around it, you see eight priest's question mark in these like hooded robes blood crimson uh and they have a yes they have a um tied and um terrified bruteless denuded kn- kneeling before the sword and uh, one of the priests question mark um is holding a uh well some sort of weapon it's hard to see maybe it's some sort of wood piece with some sharp stones jammed jammed into it and they're they're clearly preparing brutus for a sacrifice you can hear uh, the the echoing of the chamber down the the blood slick um uh, flights of stairs and and echoing on, off the um slick walls uh, as the the head head uh, priestess is, is saying something like you know oh a great car crash, the dying a defiler of, of uh, cities um, and so forth. You know, accept this the fair sacrifice for to bring you forth back into the world once more. Again, it's it's all very repetitive and, and cheesy. And looking at the cage, just spying the cage uh, from the inside, Edmer, you observe that the floor of a cage is a trap door which can be opened Somehow, it's probably remotely. You, you, a quick look around. Uh, you see that there are chains down the down the wall, and they probably go places. It, maybe you could trigger it from here, but that would mean like the bottom would fall out, and you would fall down into what appears to be a large pit in the uh, directly below you, large dark pit, uh, whose lip is of course all slick with blood. It, it doesn't look like fun at all.
1: The sword that's in the the center of this chamber. I mean, how big is it? is it? A giant-sized sword that sticks up high.
2: Oh yeah, it's like it's like uh, you know the hilt and and uh, top portion of the blade is like four people <laughs> tall, sticking out at a at an odd angle.
1: Okay, I want to pop this open, swing underneath this cage over to the sword. <laughs> All right, we gotta stop this. So. It's time for action. I put my hand on. Whatever you're doing, I'm have already pulled the. i already pulling the chain to open the bottom of the cage and swinging. Yeah, give me a tinker roll to get it open first. Step one. Yeah, it's a success.
2: Yeah, no problem. The others, we can see a thief going for some mechanism and the floor pops open. Do you guys do when that happens?
0: Are we standing on that floor? Not beyond that bit of floor?
2: If you haven't stepped out into the cage, uh, then you are not at all in peril. Um, if you have, on the other hand.
3: We're probably where we can see everything, but probably not where we can be seen. So we're probably back from that then. Yeah, you don't have to
2: step out into the cor- to the actual cage to see what's going on. No worries.
3: I look, I turn over and say, summon him.
0: All right. Blowing Professor Hastings whistle, which makes no noise. <laughs>
2: Okay. And um, when you summon Professor Hastings, is there an intent that you project, like uh, show up here, or uh, how in control are you over uh, him?
0: I, I think Professor Hastings kind of gets pointed at the target, as it were. Mm-hmm. Sort of, this is either the miscreant who needs um, needs scaring, or the um, the student who needs motivating, possibly also through fear. So, in this case, blowing the whistle and concentrating very hard on Brutalus is, is, is the intended sacrifice? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> all right. Because there is somebody who needs the motivation to fight. <laughs> to grab that weapon and swing with all his, um, you know, grab that, uh, that wooden club with the, the bits of stone, swing with all his might, and take the fight to the enemy. At least until we can get there. Okay. How he's going to react to being screamed at by a ghostly gym teacher, I'm not sure.
3: Hmm. I think
0: your
2: intent is probably conveyed in the manner of charisma. That's
0: lucky.
2: Hey, hey, yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want you to make a charisma roll. No skill applied, simply, you know, raw personality. Uh, does it convey correctly or. Somehow else.
0: <laughs> that would be a line.
2: Partial. Okay. Uh, wh- what does it look like when, when uh, Professor Hastings pops into existence?
0: I, I think it's the incredibly stereotypical sort of cloud of vapor that comes out of the whistle and sort of coalesces <laughs> into this ghostly shape of a suspiciously overly buff professor Possibly with like the sleeves cut off, um, cut off his robes to to, to show off the guns, <laughs> heading towards the target. In this case, probably screaming, "Yeah, get up and fight! You can take these guys!"
2: <laughs> I think he's probably he's probably throwing in like uh, you know. uh well, the little details like uh, you know you may not be in in regulation P attire, but that's no excuse not to not to put in the effort and so on and so forth, right? Yeah,
0: no pain, no gain. Chicks dig scars, et cetera.
2: <laughs> that happens. The thing here is he certainly motivates Brutless, but um, I think he doesn't motivate Brutless in the manner which you would have hoped. Like that, they would like maybe. Take possession of the murder sword and defend himself, or something. He does fly upon the uh, officiator, like the lead priest, uh, and ends up in a in a kind of fisticuffs, wrestling tussle. But it's more out of terror uh, and a desire to get away from the howling spirit than than you know. Oh, oh dear! Look at me. I'm brave. I know. I know. I have it within me. It's more like holy crap. So that happens.
0: That, that
2: happens a surprising amount of the time. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, we have uh, we have uh, our thief swinging over to the murder sword, I assume. So give me a dex uh, to, to deftly and uh, athletically um, transverse uh, the space between the cage and the sword. Yes,
1: yes. We
2: finally get a failure. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all still wearing your weapons, yeah? Yeah. As soon as you swing down and you, you cross the space and you land on the murder sword and, uh, you know, you can describe it however, like, cool and athletic you do it, like, uh, is it like a... Do you do, like, stupid um, spinning somersaults or uh, it's like a pirouette spin or, or what's it look like?
1: A uh, flip and then I'm landing exactly how big is the the murder sword. Uh,
2: like I said, like, the... the, the very top of the blade and the entire hilt is like the height of four normal sized people um so it's very large you you could land on the on the pommel (laughs) and perch there if you wanted to like no problem that's the plan (laughs) so you do that and you land with cat-like grace and you're probably feeling very satisfied with yourself and this would totally impress everybody if they were only looking and then your knives, your daggers, your come out of their sheets. <laughs> and uh, what was that? Your bronze mace there? Yeah, Mister Cleric. Yeah, it it sort of alights
3: uh, from your belt. Don't forget the sword on the uh, on the on the on the wizard too. It's like ah. And the mace begins to pummel you,
2: uh, poor cleric. And the the daggers begin to stab at you, poor <laughs> poor thief. And uh, I i forget, did the wizard have any... any well, you had a sword, yeah? Re-
0: Regrettably, yes. <laughs> Regrettably, there is a sword.
2: So, your sword unsheaths itself and uh, calls to en garde uh, as it uh, attempts to pierce you through the heart. You do have your ten-foot pole.
0: I do have my ten-foot pole, which I will be swinging with, I think, a high-pitched cry of manly vigor.
2: <laughs> I want you all to do some kind of, like, ha- how do you not become pummeled by these describe to me how you not don't become pummeled or stabbed or whatever let's start with the cleric
3: i grab it and this goes swinging around so that'd be like a strength then yes all right partial so i i I get whacked on the walls a lot okay yeah yeah
2: i take a d3 hit points as it, it struggles with you and smacks you into this surface and that surface it's probably a quick little scene where it's like, it has you like, it's behind your neck and it's pushing you up against the bars. <laughs> like, bang!
3: Of course I take three out of my six. <laughs> yeah, your face was really squished in between
2: some of the metal bars there. Mr. Wisser described to me how you evade not being, how you evade being totally pierced in a most gentlemanly fashion
0: by running away. Legging <laughs> it down the corridor. As fast as his terrified the feet can carry him, in the hope that this is some kind of range thing, and the sword will stop trying to kill me if I get far enough away from the murder sword.
2: <laughs> uh, give me a dex to to uh, have the reflexes required to affect this uh, thing.
0: Daring retrograde maneuver. Um, yes. <laughs> That would be a nine, which is
2: a partial. You are not quite fast enough, and uh, it manages to slice uh, you somehow. So uh, describe to me how in your flight uh, the sword hurts you, but it's not too bad. You take a d3, which I guess for you is a potentially lethal.
0: Actually, should I do the D3 just to see whether I'm describing
2: my death? Yeah, do that. You don't okay. take the full D6, but D3, yeah, it's, it's still bad. You know what? This is boring. You know what? This is totally boring. I don't want to kill you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap <laughs> that. I don't,
0: I'm perfectly perfectly happy to go with the, the heroic death nailed to a wall of Eric.
2: Well, it may still come to that. We'll see. Oh, okay. What happens is you you do get away. But the sword swings at you, and um, the I imagine you maybe have the whistle on a... Oh, yep. Lany- you know, like a, a string or something. It cuts the string, and, the, and the, uh, your, your magical uh, whistle falls to the floor, and your, your control over Professor Hastings well goes up in smoke. <laughs> he is now unleashed.
0: I am sure this will have no negative side effects whatsoever
2: of course not <laughs> he is now free <laughs> to work his fear and motivation into anyone he so chooses so yeah the, the the sword uh misses uh cleaves the the string holding your your um whistle and sings with disappointment as you dash into the dark uh away from from the menace and we jump over to <laughs> the bedaggered um Imperiled uh, thief atop the pommel. Um, how do you evade <laughs> being stabbed multiple times by your own tools?
1: The murder sword is it dual-edged, single-edged? Let me look at the crummy illustration. It looks single-edged. Then I swing down and slide down the the unsharp edge. All right. <laughs> uh, give me a dix. <laughs> Barely squeeze out a partial. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are your hit point um you have eight right oh you can you can take a d3 so uh you are you're only lightly pierced one and i have armor oh cool okay uh describe to me how the the one of the daggers goes in for a, a complete kill but
1: is is uh denied
2: by your by
1: your armor whatever that is it stabs and just uh cuts one of those uh various bands of uh of leather that is wrapped around me with all the buckles and all the other stuff that <laughs> the, the robes always have gets stuck in one of
2: the, yeah. the buckles <laughs> angrily works at uh the buckle but it doesn't pierce <laughs> fantastic the first thing that happens uh uh now is that the unchained uh Professor Hastings uh, lets loose upon everybody. The first person he sees, which is probably a cultist, uh, he starts vigorously, quote-unquote, motivating him to be uh, all he can be. Uh, and that chicks dig confident cultists uh, and all that. So he dashes for the murder sword and um, uh, reaches out for it and uh, begins some sort of uh, wild, uh, mad chanting. There are these little, like, squiggly runes, the runes on the ribs in the. Uh, in the entrance stairwell on the sword uh, and these begin to glow with the in the, in the insidious uh, or sinister rather uh reddish
1: blood glow i'm aiming for him to
2: land on him <laughs> uh let's you do for, do you first then what what do you do i'm landing on top of him feet first okay Let me, give me dex momentum <laughs> <laughs> What were you saying about the dice, Craig? (laughs) (laughs) They'll fail you when you most need it. (laughs) You're about to plant a foot in the face of this cultist. And then uh, Mr. Motivator is like, watch out! (laughs) 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 Heads up! (laughs) Yes, heads up, sports metaphor which i'm terrible at so so the cult's like oh uh dashes to the side and like continues his uh his chanting you uh land and roll or something cool uh, across the floor with your your daggers pursuing you wrestling wrestling with your mace Oh, wise and powerful <laughs> cleric of
3: sharat what do you uh, it's, it's some sort of curse uh where is what i figure i'm just going to try to remove the curse of my weapon
2: you're holding it so
3: yeah, I'm chanting, and, you know, I'm trying to drive the, the foul spirit from it. So I guess that's a wisdom roll. Uh, yes. Partial! Okay. You you feel a
2: temporary lifting, as if some controlling tendril was uh, ripped loose from uh, the, the mace. It will come again soon, but the source of a curse is not the mace itself. It's in this room, and you need to destroy that.
3: Yeah, and and I noticed that this all started when the thief landed on the sword, grabbing, and I'm going to try to flip on down. So, Eric, <laughs> you're
2: dashing through the corridor in the opposite direction with the slashing, piercing sword pursuing you. What do you do? You want you want to pull the trump card of your second spirit out or something? Maybe
0: yeah, that might have to be the time. Um, reaching into the um, the one of the pockets of the robe, pulling out a little shrunken head (laughs) with a little crown on it. Oh, a nice callback. And I suspect concentrating as hard as he possibly can while running for his life, attempting to to call up a spirit called, imaginatively, because I named it after a pub here in town, King's Head. (laughs) Perfect. Which manifests manifests itself, well, assuming I get this right, as a Dis- yeah, disembodied, floating, somewhat desiccated head, wearing a crown, with uh, domains of shadows and secrets, in the hope that this thing can hide me from the damned sword.
2: Perfect. So, since this is in a, in a moment of t- Blind terror. terror and desperation, yes, I'm going to have you roll with charisma. I'm uh, going to allow you to use the lore, so if you, if you get a six or less, it's going to count as a seven to nine, but with maybe some harsher consequences. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So King's Head appears, and I presume just uh, intuitively knows what in the moment, and like you are dashing into shadow?
0: Yes. So I think Derek's being the person that he is, even though King's Head knows exactly what he wants, is probably screaming, Hide me!
2: Sure. Like, I imagine that he's just hiding you from perception, right? So the sword is like, it, it kind of, uh, quote-unquote, skids to a halt in the corridor, <laughs> and then it's like, swings to side to side, kind of looking like, where the hell did he go? And you're right there, like, clawing at the wall, screaming, like,
0: hide me! Absolutely. <laughs> All shall speak at my him. <laughs>
2: Back down in the, uh, in the pit. I'm, I'm just going to give the transportation movement to you there, Mr. Cleric. You're, you're swinging down. You're landing not in the pit, so you're down among them. But I'm going to jump to the thief. As you're being uh, continually hounded by uh, your daggers, one of the cultists like, throws back his hood, and it's the nobleman moor uh, from the southern lands. He, he screeches, You thief! Um, and he comes swinging at you, uh, this, uh, like think of a club with a bunch of sharp rocks <laughs> jammed into it. Like you'll pay for your insolence. That's what you have to contend with. If you if you don't want to get stabbed and p- pummeled, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: need some sort of action from you. I'm gonna try to like dodge his swing, step in close, and uh, spin him around so he'll be like in the way of the the oncoming blades so they can stab <laughs> him. Neat. Uh, give me a uh, dex. Uh, do you
2: have athletics?
1: No. Partial. All right. Uh, do you want to get uh, stabbed or pummeled? I'll be stabbed rather than give him the satisfaction of pummeling.
2: <laughs> I'm. I, I'm kidding. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm not going with that. <laughs> you do it. However. You, you gain the attention of Professor Hastings. He has now noticed you and noticing that you are failing miserably at controlling your old, dag- old daggers and all of that stuff. So uh, as you swing around and get uh, the daggers to pierce, pierce more uh, and he's blurting out uh, I'm falling aside Professor Hastings blasts you with a, a resounding motivational hurrah at your uh you know profound success and uh, he's attempting to motivate you to greater heights of success and fear uh, so g- give me um a, yeah give me a wisdom give me a wisdom roll okay partial you shaken <laughs> by the, the overwhelming presence of the pr- of professor hastings roaring in your ear constantly uh, you have minus 1 ongoing uh, until you can get his attention on someone else or leave <laughs> there you go all right uh, Land just just landing in amongst the other uh we have eric uh you have temporarily still have your uh, power over your mace what do you do
3: uh i'm going straight to the sword and i'm going to start a uh start a uh, ceremony because it's going to take more than just me going blah 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 it's going to do a bit more but first i gotta have to clear the way uh, the cultists fondling the sword I'm going to sneak up behind him and smack him in the head with the mace.
2: (laughs) Well, in the tumult and craziness, I don't think it's so much a sneaky roll. I think it's just strength, right? You're just um, the opportunity. Walk up and whap. Yeah.
3: Ooh, I swing and
2: miss. (laughs) I think you swing and hit, in fact. The cultist priest, he slips, and he accidentally opens his wrist on the sharp end of the blade. And the blood, you know, spatters on the floor, uh, and you see the the sword pulse, the runes pulse brighter, and something in the like in the blood, uh, glittering on the on the cave wall, something lights it up as if from within. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> This probably counted as a sacrifice.
3: And now I wish I had brought my acolytes down here. Well, I'm uh, going to have to do the ceremony all by my lonesome.
2: Eric's does uh, does Kingshead at all speak to you? Do you have a rapport a communication of some kind? like
0: i I don't think so. King Kingshead doesn't speak, just kind of does stuff which does make the secrets bit really annoying. <laughs> uh, it just looks really creepy. Uh, but it has some useful capacities,
2: so it's just hovering there. it's just hovering there shrunken, mummified face, quote-unquote, looking at you. And you, you, maybe notice, you maybe notice the sword isn't seeing you.
0: Hmm. That crisis is over. Here's the question. Do I know how much trouble Coach Hastings is probably uh, causing now that I don't have the whistle? Or is that going to be a delightful surprise once I sneak back to the end of the corridor?
2: You can certainly hear him motivating, all and sundry, in the next room.
0: I'd better get that whistle back using the fact that I am hopefully invisible and will stay that way for a while, to sneak past the sword, grab the whistle, get back to where I can do something useful. Hopefully leaving the sword behind me, wondering where I went.
2: Give me a, a charisma roll to see if uh, you you can uh, mystically project your intent upon your friendly spirit.
0: That, that That's not very charismatic, I've got to say. That, that's a six. So... The King's
2: Head confers the secret of your presence for as long as you uh, require to reach the whistle. When you reach out and you pick it up, it's almost like may- maybe King said is a little jealous or doesn't like Professor Hastings or something. Or he's like, if you're going to be two-time in here, like, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, so poof, that protection goes away and you hear the... The vindictive, triumphant clang and swish of the sword at the other end of the of the corridor, realizing that you are there, what do you do?
0: And for my next impression, Hussein Bolt.
2: <laughs> when you say Hussein Bolt, not given that you are now back to at the, the cage end. Uh, do you mean jump down? or
0: I think so. I think the, the, the only available option at this point to get away from that stupid sword, which I'm really regretting not leaving behind, is to attempt to not die swinging down out of this hatch.
2: All right. Uh, I think since it's funny that maybe you would fall down the pit, and given the lateness of the hour, uh, give me a dex. And since you aced PE, uh, that should be no problem.
0: Absolutely. I have got some really consistent dice rolling going on here, I'm very proud of my consistency of the not very good dice rolls
2: you swing down heroically and part of the cage gives (laughs) and you tumble down I don't know, screaming (laughs) (laughs) down into the pit, you fall for what seems like uh, a weightless eternity and then crash in among a uh, pile of Bones and corpses and and prune-like mummified remains in the semi-dark. You're in some sort of pulsing, blood-wet sack, for lack of a better term. And somewhere far above, you see the kind of faint light of the room uh, above as all the, the air is you know, knocked out of your lungs. And we move on to a different uh, character for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> What's our thief up to? professors right there encouraging you
1: what's the cultist situation <laughs>
2: the majority of them are kind of uh afraid and surprised surprised and afraid of um professor uh, hastings and are not quite entirely sure what to do um and they're they're kind of vacillating between wanting to run away and and wanting to do better as cultists so they're kind of hovering there the one cultist that was working the sword uh managed to accidentally sacrifice himself yeah Uh, You you still have, uh, like, um, Brutalus kind of helplessly, desperately wrestling with the the leader, the cultist leader. Um, The leader seems to be finally winning.
1: Well, I think as I see these cultists unsure what to do, look at the other ones and go, You heard the professor? Give me 20 laps around the head. (laughs) Give me a charisma roll. (laughs) Partial. Professor
2: Hastings, uh, he, he blasts ascent. It's like, a good coach leads by example. You too, maggot. And then he starts, you know, pursuing you threateningly, violently <laughs> with his air gusts to, you know, you and the cultists to, to, to rush up the stairs. It's good exercise, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls up this ghostly pipe uh, and, and like just blows on it incessantly with this demoniac just screech in your ears. Just motivating all of you. I think he even gets uh, the head cultist, uh, cultist leader. I, in fact, all of you just are compelled to rush up, including Brutalus. I'm going to leave the Ladius, Lodius, to do uh, as he desires. But um, all the other characters and you, <laughs> you're part of it. So you're, sta- <laughs> you're standing there watching this hap- transpire. What, what do you do, Lodius? What's the floor
3: like? Is it just? Is it dirt? Is it rock?
2: Uh hard to pack dirt and rock.
3: Well, I start dragging my heel and start making a circle. Basically, gonna, I got to pull the guns out. So I guess I'm prepping to do them. Uh, I'm going to try to, whatever curse is here, I'm going to try to remove the curse. It's not one of those, you know, I just go snap the fingers. It's I got I to prep. Do I need to roll for that or just, just, do, just say I'm just doing it or what?
2: Yeah, we're going to do a, uh, I think we're going to do a wisdom roll. Since it's a pretty serious deal, uh, I don't think there's an applicable skill unless you maybe have lore. Nope. Uh, it's it's going to be a straight-up wisdom minus one to, to get anywhere with this uh, ritual. And, I mean, you have the space now.
3: No, that's a seven, which minus one is a six.
2: <laughs> well, uh, it just so happens that this is, of course, the opportune time for your mace to come back into the, the power of the, uh, of the murder sword. It's still in my hand. Uh, And, well, you're you're kind of making lines and preparing, and your focus is elsewhere. So it sort of, like, whoop, rips out of your hand uh, all of a sudden and comes crashing down um, uh, upon your, well, I don't know about Pate, but uh, down upon you. So um, take 1d6. It's late enough in the session that I, I shouldn't have to worry about dealing damage to you.
3: One. (laughs) <laughs> still alive how many do you have left two two
2: <laughs> it's a grazing hit it does not in fact crush your pate you draw some blood and it it swishes about aggressively preparing for another for another crushing swing what do you do
3: i ignore it i'm i i gotta i gotta go through the ceremony all right fighting it right now is secondary so as you attempt to fulfill
2: uh the the ritual uh and and uh Endure the the nettling attacks. Well, nettling—that's <laughs> a euphemism. Um, the attacks of the of the mace. Uh, give me a con. Success. You do succeed. Congratulations. Now the cure is such that uh, the the sword is so profoundly unholy that it is not in fact lifted. You didn't get a crit, but it is contained. And as soon as you complete the ritual, the mace just falls, bang, to the to the floor. Completely uh, powerless. I need my acolytes. You've gotten as far as out of the mouth of the skull. I think uh, there, um, thief. With most of the <laughs> most of the others, like the acolytes, were very confused uh, when you filed past them. Um,
1: jogged and, past them.
2: Yeah, jogged. Sorry. <laughs> you get that far, and then. When you get out, all the, the priests and the cultists, they have these weird uh, spasms and one of them, you know, just clasps his head, his hands to his head and goes, ah, and uh, they all have weird uh, individual reactions to something. They're all going utterly crazy, which uh, seems to frustrate Professor Hastings to no end. Uh, and he's, of course, blasting them with encouragement and it's not working, uh, which only makes things worse. <laughs> Down in the pit, Erics you, you are beginning to get your um, your energy back right your well, your your breath back, and you realize that somebody is breathing in your ear where you lie.:
0: Well, I think the only rational thing to do is to scream and jump to my feet. flailing <laughs> wildly with the collapse of the pole, which may or may not have actually survived before. To see who down here, apart from me, is doing any breathing.
2: Your eyes begin to get accustomed to this um, very dim light, kind of glowing, pulsing illumination. You perceive in the middle of all this mess, there's an odd-looking half-decayed person who has the horns reminiscent of the skull uh, growing out of his head, but he he does not have the stature of the, the kill giant. And this half sibilance kind of horse whisper um, comes out of the desiccated, rolled-back lips uh, from between the, the pronounced teeth, uh, the mummy teeth, as the, like, jaws slightly move. And you can hear, They did not sacrifice you. Why are you in the pit?
0: I have terrible balance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should call... Lucky or unlucky?
0: If it helps, I am a charming conversationalist and really good company. Oh,
2: good. I have the misfortune of being immortal, you see. When they sacrificed me, I persisted and I have been here for a very long time. But it's good that you can converse because now you can be company for as long as you survive. Ah.
0: It's the as long as I survive bit that's. You don't happen to know a way out of the pits, do you? Are you a good climber? I mean, I get the idea. I'm going to get a lot of practice. <laughs> I, I've got a, a a whistle around here somewhere that will 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 bring up a really excellent physical education coach. Who I'm beginning to wish I had paid more attention to.
2: He <laughs> says something like. Clearly, a very troubled individual. <laughs> I think we'll get along famously. <laughs> so, yeah. Considering the time, I think we're gonna we're gonna like uh, we're gonna montage the end, right? So we see like um a few describe to me like a, a, a final scene where we see your character doing something uh, post or during this adventure. Let's start with
1: the thief. um uh, rifled through the Lord Moore's body and. Got all his, uh, his gems and wealth, so he's at a tavern, like, drinks are on me, he's throwing money around, <laughs> the, you know, getting the lap dance from the, the dancer. <laughs> so we get to see why he's all destitute. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> no sense of moderation. Gotcha. Awesome. And uh, our cleric, what, what's the uh, scene we get to see?
3: Oh, the uh, excavation of the kill giant's body. The temple's moved in, and we're digging it up. And you can see there, they have this wooden you know, crossbeam crane you know, pulling up the sword out of the, out of the ground, and the high priests are, have a place ready for it to be purged.
2: I, I assume that all of your uh, acolytes are there doing the digging?
3: Oh, no, we're, we're talking it's the temple is here. So yes, the acolytes are here except for Brutus. He's off he, he's actually been promoted to like uh, a little higher rank because of everything that happened to him. He's supervising.
2: Oh, I see. So what is the the, the final scene we see with uh <laughs> with Ericks?
0: I think we see basically a training montage of Erics with the half a mummy strapped to his back. So a little bit, um, a little bit, sort of Luke and Yoda, Swamps of Dagobah thing, <laughs> practicing and learning how to climb a very slick, blood-soaked wall while being shouted at by a ghostly, um, ghostly PE teacher, and possibly a mummy who is getting sick of being landed on by this clumsy idiot, <laughs> climbing up towards the lights uh, of the, the lights of the excavation up above. But nobody can hear him, so he's having to make the climb the whole way himself.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think that's, that would be like the, after the end credits him just crawling up out of the pit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> I like that you' of sort of hand crossing top of pit, another hand. Mummified hand. mummified <laughs> hand.:
3: <laughs> Mummified head first, then your head, because it's on your back. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: that was Quest for the Murder Sword Yay! by Johan Nor, whoever that is. A, a fun little one-page dungeon adventure, as freely interpreted by me.
0: Thank you. That was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> uh,
2: I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> any any particular fun takeaways, like moments you particularly enjoyed, uh, characterizations that you liked, uh, mine or other players or Anything at all.
3: Our un- uncanny luck in this episode. I mean, how, look how many, how many crits we've rolled in this damn thing. Well,
1: uh, at the beginning, and then at the end, <laughs> <laughs> nothing.
0: All at the worst possible time, in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not expect Coach Hastings, or sorry, Professor Hastings, to be um, both as useful and annoying. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Lovely
2: invention there. You <laughs> <laughs> did say fear. So on on the on the not so great side, I'm I may be a little disappointed that I didn't come up with a more inventive like hey take a minus one because that didn't really come into play for, for our thief. Which I mean again, it's a little hard to predict depending on the, on what the dice show and, and so forth. But it, it would have been fun to maybe come up with a little inventive sequence. Then yeah, you're a little you're a little scared. So take minus one tiny little tiny little thorn for myself there other than that i had a great time uh listening to all your nonsense <laughs> <laughs> riffing <laughs> off it and, and asking fun questions
0: this this was an absolute blast this was um you know, it's the first time i had had played world of dungeons at all yeah that was so much fun
2: it's <laughs> a, a true delight to have you but uh come on and, and play i i really enjoyed your your ideas and your take on, oh, thank you. <laughs> on your your wizard college, whatever it was
0: desperately <laughs> hoping that I was not being the, the guy who sort of came onto the show and just dragged everything into silliness and uh and, and idiocy so um uh, we're we're pretty decent at that.
3: It's actually the first time I ever. I'd already decided to hire np to get NPCs that work with me. They didn't do much other than just be my ten foot pole. But you know,
1: hey, it kind of worked. Depending
2: out. on depending on what kind of uh, types you hire, obviously. I mean, the running joke was that they were kind of expendable, and I w- I was kind of leaning into the fact that they know they're they're shit. <laughs> 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 like, like, they don't know how to handle anything. That so they kind of don't want to do anything. <laughs>
0: Really, they just did it for a nice, cushy church position somewhere where they don't have to do any work, and instead they're fixing through the inside of a dead giant.
2: They totally failed to ride that mediocrity gradient to a cushy,
0: clerical <laughs> job
2: miles away from danger.
0: <laughs> no, it, was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Thank you very much for, for inviting me to come over and play, as it were. And um, yeah. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for playing. Thank you for today. Uh, catch you next week.
0: Oh, uh. Excellent. Two hit points. I will be the greatest warrior imaginable, but not for very long.
2: I'm really thrilled that you are you are nerfing yourselves <laughs> for my
0: pleasure. Okay, that's a little creepy to at the end there, not going to lie.
1: It's the tag where I mentioned. You can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.